0: Everyone, welcome back to Central American Voices.
1: This is Susan Garcia. Hola, bienvenidos a voces centroamericanas. Mi nombre es Alejandra Quiros. Le agradecemos por sintonizarnos una vez más.
0: On today's episode, we speak with Cristina Soria, the author of Rosalia, who's also a mother of three, motivational speaker, and CEO of My Curves.
2: Hi, ladies. How are you? Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited to be here and to share my story. Um, I'm actually super excited. So uh, let me just give you a quick, um, I guess, background of who I am. Um, I'm Honduran American. I'm a Bronx native. Um, I am a mother of three. I'm a wife, a motivational speaker. I'm also the founder of CEO My Curse, which is a self love and body positivity. Um, movement for young girls and women. And um, I am a new author with a book called, um, with the children's book called um, Rosalia, the Honduran American.
1: Amazing, Christine. Thank you. Thank you. We're very excited to have you with us today. I know you talk a little bit about uh, your background, about your book, and how you identify as Honduran American. So I wanted to ask you, what does it mean to be an Honduran American?
0: Oh, wow. That's a good question.
1: So, um,
2: honestly for me is I, you know, I am born in, I'm, I'm Bronx native. So I was born in New York. Right. And my parents are from Honduras, born and raised in Honduras. They came here many years ago, about 30 years ago. And for me, that means is to be Honduran American is really embracing both, um, cultures really of who I am you know my parents are from Honduras and they came here and also being born in the U.S. and for me is to just embrace both cultures um because this is it's who I am and what I'm about
1: (laughs) if that answers, yeah (laughs) that's amazing I know you talk about your book Rosalia which is the story of this little young girl which is an Honduran American living here in the United States. So I wanted to ask you what was the reason behind writing Rosalia? I growing
2: up, right, I I've always known about being Honduran, right? And I and also I went to a school that was really diverse. So my school was full really? of Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, um African American, Mexicans, um but truth be told, even as diverse as it was, not a lot of people knew about Honduras. And when right. I used to tell people that I am Honduran, like they were confused as to where this place is. And, mm-hmm. and even though,
1: right,
2: I'm a Latina, the truth of reality is that a lot of people don't know, aside from being Mexican, Puerto Rican, and Dominican, that there's more Latino
0: found oh. here.
2: And there's more Latinos that are from all different cultures. Like they're like Hispanos, like Hispanics, we're not just Puerto Rican, Dominican, Mexicans. We're more than that, right? There's Spaniard, there's um mm-hmm. there's Guatemalatecos, there's Nicaraguans, there's Panamanians. And I remember going to school and I remember talking to my friends about who I was. And they'll look at me, like, they'll look confused. Um, And I know that my family members went through the same thing, right? And going to school, um, really the only Hondurans that were in the school was probably my family because we all went to the same school. Um, Uh But, you know, and we can relate to each other, obviously, because we were cousins and we were brothers and sisters, whatever. But in reality is that, as I was getting older, I realized how the fact that being Hondureño was not something that you saw a lot. And Mm -hmm. now that's, um, now that's me talking as a young girl perspective, right? What I saw growing up, um, and even going to high school as well as in college, right? Now this was before motherhood. Um, when I became a mother and, I'm a mother of three, so I have two daughters and I have a son. And we, again, we lived in a community that was very diverse. And then now we live in a community that um, is predominantly white, right? Um, and even though we talk about Latinos, I kind of knew my kids were going to go through the same thing in the sense of right. people ask them where you're from and they say Honduran
0: mm-hmm.
2: and people won't get it. Now, I do want to say that my kids are Honduran-Dominican and American, right? And when mm-hmm. they people ask them where you're from, my kids do say, I'm Honduran-Dominican and people knew where Dominican Republic is because who doesn't know Punta Cana, who doesn't know Santiago, you know what I mean? Like, that's very, you know, it's very well known. Uh-huh. But when they heard Honduras, um, the kids were like, they were confused. They were like, wait, where is that? You know, uh-huh. so my daughters had to explain to their friends where Honduras was. And I said, oh, I, and I told them, I was like, oh, well, you know, that's funny because I kind of went through that growing up. And then that's kind of where a, a a kind of my inspiration of wanting to write a book about Rosalia, yeah. because um it's teaching others that there's there's so much more than just being one one Hispanic, like we're not just Mexicans and we're not yeah. just Dominicans and we're not just Puerto Ricans. Like mm-hmm. there's a variety of Hispanics, there's a variety of Latinos, and we should be able, ap- like people should know who we are. People should know that there's different types of Latinos and the culture and the food, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So my story is based on kind of what I went through as a child. Um, But also teaching others the importance of embracing your culture wherever you're from. Um, And that was really important for me because in a time like today, where in a time where we're quick to lash at somebody because we're not the same, I want people to understand the importance of always embracing your culture wherever you're at. Because it's we're quick to dumbfound ourselves, we're quick to like put ourselves down to please another person. And at this moment, this is a time when we need to like rise up and go, This is who I am. This is what I love about myself. This is what I love about my culture. And, you know, let me shine it. Let me show people like where I'm from, you know, and not and not trying to put ourselves down because of what other people do not understand.
0: Right. I mean, I think it's also part of normalizing you know being Honduran like meeting an Honduran um, which is something that I mean I relate to that again being born and raised in New York City it was very diverse neighborhood and I think I mean it seems like I had more Guatemalans and Central Americans around me but like in terms of popular media like what you know consuming I guess like Spanish language media and I guess also just U.S. media, it would still, you know, it would be kind of like Dora, who's, you know, assumed to be in Mexico. um, And then just then thinking about like the other most popular depiction of Latin America is Coco now. Right. Which was like amazing. But at the same time, it was still Mexico. You know, like it was like this is fantastic, but it's like the closest thing that I have to me. And it, I kind of have to settle for that. Because why why would they do something about Central America? Um, and I think especially as kids, you know, like when I think back now, it's like I only knew about the existence of my country because of my family. Or else I wouldn't have known.
2: Yeah. And the same thing. That's the same thing it was mm-hmm. for me. Um I grew up knowing about Honduras because at the end of the day, like my parents, my family still did a lot of the things like the Honduran, like, you know, like Honduran would do back home, right? Like cook the balealas, right. uh-huh. so you know, we dance food. Right? You yes. understand? Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, like you understand, <laughs> like they try to keep that tradition with us as much as they can, right? But then right. Let's go back to because they also came from Honduras to an unknown country in the U.S. with limited English. You know what I mean? Uh Not knowing so much. And they also try to as much as fit in here so that they can, you know, be liked and also, um, you know, find a job and try to fit in with the other type of with the other community. Right. So um even though my family did their best and I got to give it props to them right because if it wasn't for them I wouldn't know that I'm Honduran right um you know they did their best to like continue la cultura here in here in the US like teaching us who we are what we eat how we dress how we dance um but there is a little part of me that is like, man, but I want more. Like, I want to see more of my people yeah. than just my family. You understand? Or I yeah, want to see more of you. my people than just the noveleros <laughs> in the TV. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, and where I grew up, so I grew up in the Bronx and, you know, And there's a lot of, again, like, it's the same, it's the same culture, right? But again, it's just because it's the environment that we grew up in, you know, Puerto Ricans and Dominicans and Mexicans and, you know, and African-Americans and, you know, and I love them, right? Because there are a lot of these people, like, if you look at the Dominicans and you look at who they are, like, they embrace their culture hard, you understand? The same yeah. thing with the Mexicans, like, like I cannot deny it. Like you know, they embrace the culture hard. You see a Mexican restaurant in almost every other block or every other five, six blocks, and you know, in la música, mm-hmm. you know, los rancheros and mariachis and todo eso. But when it came to identify who is a Honduran, it was hard in my neighborhood. At the time, for me, it was hard. Right. You know, it was just me and my cousins. Uh-huh. And if we know somebody, it's because Fulano came from with my dad and they play soccer somewhere. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and,
0: and I'll be honest, like...
2: I grew up in, like, I used to go to Queens a lot because my dad had a soccer team and we would go to Queens to play, right? So my dad had a yeah. soccer team, but it was just that bunch that we interacted once a week or once in whatever time because that is all we knew and who we had, right? Um, But it goes, you know, but then again, it's like, I kind of wish at times like I had more like I had more restaurants son Hondureños, so I could go in and like embrace the food you know what I mean that I sometimes wish that I had uh-huh. there was more communities of Hondureños because you know just you know just to like embrace like this beautiful flag and embrace who we are you understand embrace the women you know um, and even the men uh-huh. right and to show people that we all from like different backgrounds and we all don't look the same um so I kind of wish there was more of that but there is there wasn't right and to this day I think that we're still we're still trying to coming out but a lot of the reasons why like I wrote this book is because you know not to show yes to show people like yes I'm Honduran and this is who I am but I'm also trying to show people like you know um it doesn't matter where you're from, right? It doesn't matter if you are a Mexican, a Guatemalteco, a Salvadorian, a Costa Rican, you know. But I want you to embrace yourself wherever you are. You understand? Whether in your whether you're here in the US or in another country. Like just embrace you know, embrace yourself and embrace your culture because at the end of the day, it's who we are and it's what makes us. You understand? It's you know, if it wasn't for that, you know, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have our parents. You understand? If it wasn't for our ancestors, we wouldn't be where we're mm. at, right? So no. that this book is really about embracing your culture, you know, and never be ashamed of it, you know? Um, wherever you are.
1: And that is very true. I think that embracing yourself is very important. And for me, I believe that embracing yourself comes before being proud of from where you come from because you know it's who you are one of the often comments the message that we get from our listeners is in relation to mixed backgrounds like you know some people are Salvadoran Guatemalan and Nicaraguan you know Costa Rican and Salvadoran um and Americans, my boyfriend is Mexican Salvadoran and so on and so on I think because of diaspora we have so many mixed backgrounds and people have to embrace it you know you cannot be just you know I'm I'm just one you know you're both and I think embracing who you are doesn't matter if you're like Chinese Guatemalan or you know any mixed background I think embracing yourself of who you are it comes before of being proud of your culture if we go back to our first episode when we talked with Susan about identity I think that identity is formed by many factors you know it's not only because of your background it's formed from the places you grew up the language that you speak the people you you know you relate the people you grew up with and at the end all those factors is what makes you be yourself and that is what an identity is and i think that is very beautiful to see this conversation not only for a book that is for everyone but for children as well because sometimes we miss that our younger generation is our future and if we want to see ourselves represented in the future and it has to start from the bottom, and that is our younger generation. And that was one of my questions. I feel like when people want to talk about identity, they tend to write for people that already have a knowledge and they have interest mm. on the topic, you know, for books, you know, college student, high school student, but you decided to make it for kids. And I think that is a very important point of view. And I wanted to ask you why you decided to start and to make a book for the young generation?
2: Oh, um, that's actually a really good question. Uh, Well, for starters, I wanted to do a children's book first because I thought of who I was many years ago, right? Like I said before, like I thought who I was many years ago. And I said to myself, when did mm-hmm. it's when did it start to feel uncomfortable? Not uncomfortable, but when did it when did I start feeling like if I did like I didn't belong with a lot of my friends because I was different, right? And if you really think about it, a lot of the things like insecurity and self esteem begins when you're young, right? Like you know, and it you know, and it right. continues mm-hmm. into your adulthood, right? So I and so I said, okay. Well, I want to write a simple, mm-hmm. um, book for kids where it kind of what it explains about being being in school and kind of being afraid to talk, right? Because what kid does isn't afraid to talk, right? And I felt like it was important for me to hit that target. One because it kind of brought me back in my own memories too, because I still have children who are in middle school, Mm -hmm. are going to be starting a kindergarten or middle school. And also because I know many kids and also because there's obviously a lot of reasons, but you know, there's a lot of kids right now who are struggling to even say, this is where I'm from because of what is going on in our world today. Mm -hmm. Right. And and it, you don't have to be an hondureño to understand it. You understand? You could be anything to understand it. You know, you know, what's going on in our society today. A lot of the times we feel like we shouldn't voice who we are because of what someone might say, you know? And for me, which was just really important because it's like, okay, if I want, if I am, if I want to see a change in this world on how how we can embrace our culture. Who can I speak to? You know, who? where does it start from? And I literally put myself in a situation when I was in school back in the day. And I said, you know what? I wish I would have had a book like this growing up. You know, I wish I would have had a book of a Hondurena that looks like me, you understand? And in, 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 in my school library, mm-hmm. or my mom giving me a book from the library and telling me, oh, look, she's just like you. You know, like, I wish back then I would have had a book about Honduras because I think I would have felt more connected. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be afraid. And I know a lot of kids at this current moment and you don't have to be Honduran. You could be from any background that wish they could see somebody that looks like them in a book. So I said, I'm going to start with them. And, And you know, and my book, right. yes, it's for kids, but a lot of adults relate to it because I think it's relatable on old and like it, with any age, um, because it's a time. And I think it's now more than ever, like we just need to like show, like be real and just be ourselves, you know, and not be ashamed.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And talking about what you were saying, you know, you're. Experience in New York, which is similar to somewhat my experience in New York, which, you know, it wasn't an actively hostile environment to our identities, right? Like, there was a lack of representation, but, you know, people, at least for me, um no one was making fun of me for being Guatemalan or saying like stereotypes about Guatemalans. But, like, for example, thinking about like LA, a lot of people growing up in LA or California generally who you know, the largest group is generally, especially in the Latinx community, is it's Mexicans. Um, and a lot of times mm-hmm. people have grown up with bullying, like from a young age or middle school and then high yeah. or high school um, of people mm-hmm. being like, oh, like, you're salvadoreña, like, why are you pretty? Oh, like, oh, don't you eat this? Or like, oh, don't mm-hmm. you do this? Or, you know, like yeah. all of these awful stereotypes that start from childhood. Um, where I think that this can yeah. be helpful, not only for, you know, Hondureñas or such Hondureños, Central Americans themselves, but also just for people to be educated that, hey, look, like, just because you're from Honduras, like, it's something to be celebrated, something worth being proud of, it's something worthy of respect, it's not a bad place, it doesn't have bad people, because people don't know about it, um, us a lot of the times mm-hmm. aside from these harmful stereotypes that are happening within their own separate communities.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and I exactly. kinda wanna piggyback something that you said earlier about the whole the whole stereotype, right? And people not knowing. Like, um one of the things that I used to get upset about, and I'll be honest, right? Um, mm-hmm. when I would tell people like I'm Honduran and they'll go, Oh, so you're a Mexican, right? And again, there's nothing wrong with that because let me tell you something. Like, I love my Mexican people. And I listen, listen, I be, I mean, I used right. tell like I tell my husband, like, like, listen, husband, I was like, I want a serenata for my birthday because you know I need a mariachi and
0: <laughs> you know
2: yeah. <laughs> like please. But in reality, like, if, if, when I go back in time, right? Um, I I used to get upset when people used to call me Mexican you know and because they didn't understand you understand they thought like, right because i you know if you look at me you look at my skin color my black hair my long black hair you know yes we, we mm-hmm. all pretty much resemble right but i used to get upset when they would call mm-hmm. me a mexican um because it's like i'm like do you just think that there's we're like mexican women are the only ones out that are out here you understand what i mean right
0: and
2: it, it and you know mm-hmm. it used to piss me off back in the days because it's like what do, right. do you just think that like, only the mexican people eat tortillas you know what i mean or you know or frijoles you know? Like
0: it's like they're the owners of things that i mean sometimes can mm-hmm. even come from our countries but are also shared by our country. i mean it's just erasure and i feel like it's frustrating to get like, acknowledgement you know it's not like a matter of like oh mm-hmm. being mexican is bad or anything it's just like Mexican being Mexican is worthy of respect but so is our exactly culture.
2: and then but, I, but you see at the time though because I was young I didn't understand it you understand what I mean like I used to get upset now mm-hmm. I'm like you know now I'm I'm, I'm in the position where I can't correct people you know and I'm like no you know I'll explain right. the difference again there's nothing wrong being Mexican you understand what I mean there's nothing wrong right. being Puerto Rican yeah. and someone identifying me as Puerto Rican but it would it, it used to get me upset when i would say i'm honduran and people will be like oh so you're just like the mexicans and it's like no we're different we're from a different culture you understand we're you
0: know, we're, right. we're
2: a, a distance from them not to be mad at who they are but it was just like why it was upsetting for me to, how quickly people just go to oh so you're this immediately and sometimes yeah, sometimes I'll be afraid to be like, well, I'm not even gonna call myself Honduran because for what? If they're gonna quickly identify me as something else, you know. And that's kind of how Ooh. it was important for me to also write this book because it's like, you know, we need to talk about the 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 different looks of as a Hondureño and as a Mexican, you know, and the different the the the. the there's a difference between us, you know, you know.
0: A beautiful
1: difference, but there's a difference between you know? I think what you guys said is very true. And probably you guys went through when you guys were little kids. But for me, it was when I moved to the United States. I was 14. That's when I started realizing that I looked different. I was starting feeling myself that I was different than the rest of the people that I was going to school with. And, you know, to me, to ask myself, like, oh, you know, I didn't know I was different. Because back in my country, I never, ever experienced that type of comments, I'll say. I have talked to Susan how people used to pick on my color of skin. You know, I am a light-skinned person and people often comment on how can I be under and if I'm light-skinned. How can I be Andrean if my eyes are light brown? And I often tend to tell people how, you know, not only Andrean, but Central American, we wear a mix of color. You know, we have different shades of skin, we have different type of hair. And that is the beauty in our Central American community because our diversity makes us unique. And, you know, and I can say at some point in my life, and probably till today, I still comment on my skin color because I grew up receiving comments of like, oh que bonita está blanquita, que bonita tiene los ojos claros, que cachetitos ros- rosaditos. And at some point like too many people will say like, oh, you know, there's just those comments that won't affect you because they're positive, but it does affect little girl that when you often commenting on someone's skin color and the people around you is not the same skin color as you you tend to you know like person, like you know I used to ask myself like why am I'm that light skin, you know why I'm the only one con col- ojos claros you know but I, I understand this because of my dad's side but I had to ask those questions and that was me being just a young girl back in Honduras when I come here and when those comments that back in Honduras were like okay bonita now are now those comments have changed too you're not Honduran because you look this way and you know I did feel that my nationality and my identity was always questioned by the way I look and I'm 100% I'm not the only one I'm 100% there's many people who question their self of yeah, why do I look this way if I'm, you know, I'm I'm watermelon under and like myself. You know, I feel that people shouldn't be put in stereotype. People shouldn't be thinking that because you come from a certain country you need to look a certain way. And, you know, it's it's the same thing of a beauty factor of oh you're not beautiful because you're a certain shade of of skin like no we shouldn't put labels on how how a person needs to look we shouldn't put label how a person for a certain country needs to look like that does not exist in 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 central america we're a mix we're so diverse community and we have to embrace every single of that but One of the things that I can say is that growing up back in Central America, they see a white mestizo as the most beautiful thing. And I think that we should change that because, you know, as I was saying before, our younger generation is our future. And if we keep telling our younger generation, you're beautiful because you have light skin you're beautiful because you have color verde or lo que sea like how are we gonna change that way our society is looking right now everyone is beautiful no matter your color skin everyone even when i was little i hated my color skin and i wish i was a little bit more darker because of those comments doesn't matter i need to learn how to love my color skin And everybody needs to learn how to love their color skin because beauty, beauty standards or anything the society wants us to believe shouldn't be that way. Everybody is beautiful in every color skin. And I mean, I I honestly do not agree with stereotype. I feel like the stereotypes when are said from a young age, it does affect you, it doesn't shapes you the way you think the way you act around other people and at the end as a little kid you're just afraid to say who you are because people are going to question it people are going to tell you that you're not that or they're going to say like "Mm." other comments yeah
2: and I can um I can relate and to, uh, to a certain extent of um what you're saying so I remember one day in high school because you mentioned it, one day in high school when I told a friend, when I told my, you know, some people that I was Honduran, the first thing that came out of their mouths were, "But you're not black like them," and that bothered me. You understand?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it bothered, uh, <laughs> it bothered me
0: because
2: it bothered me because it's like, first of all. You know they're Honduran too. <laughs> you know what I mean. And they were garifuna. Um, I did go mm-hmm. to a school that happens to be that there were some um Honduran. Not a lot of us, but it was like I think it was like five of us. Pero yeah, they were you know garifuna. They were eran mas than me. You know what I mean? And but mm-hmm. when they said that, I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that. I'm not Honduran because I'm not black or, you know, then the other flip side is like, okay, then I'm not Honduran because I look like this and, you know, I look like this country or I look like that country. So there's a lot of, especially with the skin type, like mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's unfortunate,
1: mm-hmm. but,
2: you know, people are quick to just like go to like judge and just go, Oh, but you don't look like that person who is Honduran. So how can you be Honduran? You know? Um, My family, Mm -hmm. um, we have go from I say it all the time, we go from like white, blanquito, blanquito with red hair, blonde eye, blue hair, you know, blue hair, you know what I mean, to really Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. To really, really dark skin color, you know. We come in all shades. So if you look at my family, like you won't you can't identify Oh, you know we, there's no difference some of us are really white with green eyes some right. of us are with black hair hazel brown eyes and some of us are just really dark skinned. so it's like who's to say how we really supposed to look you know and um mm-hmm. i kind of mentioned a little bit like about you know speaking garifuna in my book but like I wish someone out there, right, does write a book of being Garifuna, you know what I mean? Because it is part mm-hmm. of the culture, you know what I mean? And, and and people need to know about who we are, you know, and that, there, you know, we come in all different backgrounds. And I think people tend to forget that, that we come in all different shades of color, hair type, um, you know, um, different like culture ways, but you know, but to understand the culture and not just criticize, oh, you look like this or you look like that, right? So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with these things and especially with, um, again, I mean, just like a general theme, I think that's applicable to all of Latin America, but especially Central America where people think you look one way, but obviously, I mean, I think it's just also since people know so little about Central America to begin with, how are they going to know about like the very complicated history and like interactions and migrations that have occurred there? Um, But I just wanted to go back to a point um, talking about, you know, just how having like children's literature that promotes, you know, like Honduran identity, kind of like the ripple effect it can have. So for example, like I was thinking about the fact that, you know, everyone kind of, everyone knows what tacos are, you know, whether you're from Central America or not, everyone knows what they are. And then people expect you, a Central American to like tacos or, you know, that be like your national mm-hmm. food as well, you know? And it was like, you know, when you were talking, Christine talking about, you know, like, oh, it's not bad being Mexican, but like, I'm Hondurena, you know, like, I want to embrace that. It's like, everyone knows what tacos are, but no one knows what, you know relatively people don't really know what baleadas are mm-hmm. you know like it's like yeah. they're so similar like they're easily just as good you know like it's not like tacos are inherently better but people just inherently don't know like honduran foods or guatemalan foods or panamanian foods because you know like once you know the country like the culture like the other things that make up that country are also erased like it's not just tacos there's so much more than that like. It's so much richer than that.
2: Mm-hmm. I am, and it's funny because I actually put that in the book about balias. I was like, oh my god, I, I, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I had to write this book. I
0: was like, if I gotta write this book, I have to talk about balias because, yeah. you
2: know, again, it's it's you know, it's. Teaching others, right, about our food and who we are, right? It goes back to that. It's always going to go back to who we are and embracing who we are,
0: right? Right.
2: Um. And, yeah, like, a lot of people have seen, like, baleas, and I'll be honest, like, a lot of people were very, like, oh, no, I can't do that. Or, oh, that's, like, a taco. like what? No, it's not a taco because you don't see no taco. chicken not- or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because people, the Mexicans, they do, they like, I gotta act like listen, I love my Mexican food. But um they cook a lot different than we do. You understand what I right. mean? Like, they cook very different, and it's, like... It's like saying that, like, I don't, uh, like, Puerto Ricans, they do the gandules and stuff like that, robo gandules or, you know, I think that's what, like, I know that's Mm what and the Dominicans, they do moro similar but it's not the same thing you understand um, uh-huh. you know it, it, it like even though our food in the hispanic culture it could be really similar like mexican food could be similar to Honduran food or Guatemalan, guatemalan food or salvadorian food but it's not the same everyone has like a different sabor or like a way to do
0: it that's different you understand honduras is quite close to guate you know in terms of like central america you know like for at least for me i found that i know most about it. the closer it is to guate the more i know about it um so i know like salvadorian food like decently and like slang and then like honduras like less but like i know it way more than any of the like uh, than any of the other central american countries after in salvador but then literally i didn't know what baleadas were until summer of last year and that's someone that you know like that was trying to reconnect and like trying to learn more about central america and I had my first baleada, actually in the Bronx. Do you know Seis Vecinos?
2: Yes, I do know Seis Vecinos. <laughs>
0: yeah. So we had um, there was we had like a Central American meetup in December at Seis Vecinos, and that's where I had my first baleadas. Mm, awesome. You know, and it's like I'm 22, and I didn't learn about baleadas until now. Wow. So it's like if I'm not hearing about it, like as a Central American. The chances of other people who aren't even like trying to learn about it is much lower.
2: Yeah, and and I have to say I, I'm I'm 32, and I don't know much about the Guatemalan food myself.
0: You understand what I mean? Right. Alejandra had like her first um, I think Guatemalan also, <laughs> like at around oh my the same goodness. time. <laughs> oh my God. So, I went to ask uh, Francisco to film a documentary and. One of, the, you know, we're filming about um, the mom community and then the Migros this amazing chichitos and that was my first time I heard and I told Susan they're so delicious. I like Three I put like salsa all over it. Like it was oh, good. I was like, why people don't talk about this? Why people did not introduce <laughs> me to this to Cheetos before? And then I have a friend that always told me about all these like Guatemalan food. I'm just like, Why don't <laughs> know about this? Like talking to the restaurant. <laughs> right. No, and it's it's hard because you know the thing is it's like you know about Honduran food most likely because you are Honduran, like I know about Guatemalan food because I'm Guatemalan, but otherwise it's like our foods aren't really being promoted, they're not being seen, they're not normalized mm-hmm. at all, yeah, and I think and nice. I think a lot of people are are kind of not
2: not that they're kind of waking up, I think we've been all woken up, but I think now more than ever is like we need to stand up for who we are, you know what I mean, and we need to show up uh-huh. more for ourselves and show up for our culture, right. Because I'll be honest, I have not tasted a Guatemalan food. I just ha- I haven't. You know what I mean?
0: You got go. I would that, not. You know. like,
2: I, even it, I even wrote it on my post notes. You know? Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's, again, because I don't see a lot of Guatemaltecos around us. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm so used to the same, mm-hmm. with the same environment in the sense of, you know, you're Puerto Rican, Dominican, Mexican, it's just me. And there's me, Right. Of course I know Salvadoran because it's there, you know, but I think like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow, this is like, this is a perfect moment in the sense of where we have to continue to standing up and showing more like, this is who we, this is our food. You know what I mean? This is uh, like blast those restaurants that are Guatemalan, you know what I mean? And because I feel like if we do not voice our if we don't even support our own like we cannot like we will never see it rise right right that's um, true like you know it's just it's it's just it's a fact you know what i mean like if there is a central american restaurant that you love or that you've been to like we need to like voice it and let people know like hey this is a good restaurant because that's how we support one another you know
0: Yes, um, everyone go to Save the Cinos in the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, you
2: know, so it's like, you know, and, and it's things like that, because then it gives people that curiosity, like, oh, wow, like, they say the food is good, so let me go, you know, or they say that cafe shop is good, so let me go, you know, and, but it's up to us to do that, you know, it's up to us to continue yeah. doing that voice, to be in that voice, like, even now, being this popular yeah. voice for Central Americans, right? Um. But it it definitely, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, wow, like I've never tasted Guatemalan food and it's not, it just doesn't occur to me <laughs> to taste it. You know what I mean? It just has it. Right. Um, Because again, I right. don't know much Guatemalans and I'm not one to to take, you know, to go out and like search for food like that. I'm just not, I, not like that. But I mean, even
0: if you, the thing is, even if you did look for it, it would just be very hard to yeah, find it. Yeah,
2: you know, so. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I think, This is like, uh, for me, I'm feeling like it's a great big wake up call. Like, you know, like shine those people who are trying to put our country out there so people could see who we are, you know, shine that light Mm -hmm. on them. Because at the end of the day, it's like if we don't shine the light, like we can't expect for people to know about us if we don't do our even work by helping out each other. That's what I'm feeling right now. I'll
0: be honest. (laughs) Right. And I mean, you clearly right. have done that with this book. I mean, whenever this, I'm not in the States right now, but when I can order it, I would love to, order, I have five younger sisters. Um, and like, it's like my youngest, you know, I, I don't know if either you have experience with this, but I feel like with each younger sibling, there's more of like a cultural and linguistic disconnect. Um, because like for example like my youngest sister like has us to like speak English with like so she doesn't feel forced to speak Spanish or doesn't spend as much one-on-one time with my mom so doesn't have necessarily learn about you know Guatemala as much um but I feel like you know having this type of book will you know make her be like oh okay you know like People do care about our countries, Like, it does matter. Like, I don't, I'm pretty sure I've had, like, my sister, like, my seven-year-old sister refer to Guate as, like, oh, like, it's boring or, like, it's random. Like, she doesn't feel any connection to it. Um, and I think especially, you know, how right now in the diaspora, a lot of us are either immigrants or first-generation immigrants still. But, like, pretty soon, like, I think most of the diaspora is going to end up being second and third generation as more time goes along. Um, and I think especially then, like, this type of, like, literature is going to be even more important.
1: And that is so true. And one of my questions that I wanted to ask was, I know, you know, Rosalia has a different meaning to everyone that reads the book. But to you, who is Rosalia?
2: To me, who is she? Um, yeah. Yes. Well, like, do you, like, okay. Um, ooh, so... To me, she's pretty like me back in the day.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm. Um, She's me, and she's me who I was and kind of like my little own experience. So even though it is a fiction novel, um, I mean, it's a fiction short story, I mean, children's book, um, she's pretty like, it's kind of me sharing my own story and me talking about, you know, my feelings and my emotions, you know um and little th- little things that went at you know that happened at home and at school um and, and you know and it goes back to kind of like writing you know, certain experience that a lot of people do not like to talk about because again, you know, um, things that happen in school, a lot of times we don't want to talk about it and we don't want to share it with the outside world because we feel maybe like someone may judge us, but, um, I felt for me, like it was just important to just share it because I'm sure that a lot of kids have probably experienced something like Rosalia, um, one way or
0: another. Yeah. Right. Well, I think this is, like, a beautiful way to kind of honor your childhood self and your childhood. And just knowing that, like, you know, there are, right now, children like you who have what you felt you lacked. So I think that's, like, something, like, really beautiful to imagine and know and create.
2: Yeah. So, like... I'll be honest um I recently right before everything this whole you know pandemic thing happened I went to a school and there was a young girl that came up to me and she's like oh my god like you know she looks like me you know and it's those little reminders of I did you know, if I could inspire just one person out there, that 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 for me is enough. You know what I mean? Um, but when this little girl ran up to me and she even asked me for my autograph, and you know, she's like, This she looks like me, Aww. you know, and she's like, She looks like me. And Aww. I'm like, Yes, I'm like, and you write your story, you know? And I, like I'm big on encouraging other people into a sense of don't be ashamed to write your story, you know. We all have one. You know, and it doesn't matter what's your background. I graduated with a background in accounting. I did, you know, I, you know, my background is completely different than writing and being an author, you know, and I was telling this young girl, I'm like, write your story. I don't know what your story is, but just make sure you write your story. And She's like, oh, I cannot wait. And And she was Honduran. Now, I had other little kids who were Dominican and Puerto Rican. And it's like, oh, my God, I can relate to Rosalia. And I tell them all the time, like, write your story. Because... It's like, we cannot be ashamed of what happens, you know? Our story could inspire somebody else, you know, to so not be afraid and to speak up, you know? So it was just yeah. really, you know, those little comments like that or even comments from parents, it moves me to continue writing, but it's also telling me like, I did good by, like, for me, it was like, okay, like, I know that I've inspired someone out there to, you know, to relate to this story. But more, is like... It just feels good to see so many people, eyes light up and look at this book and go, wow, like, you know, I am from Mexico and I'm American and I love, I love it. You know what I mean? I love who I am. Oh, I am Puerto Rican American. You know, I am, um, you know, Salvadorian American, but it's like people... Because the reality is that we're, we're, everyone's embraces their culture differently. And, you know, so, you know, it feels good to know that, like, I wrote this book and someone, people out there reading it, but more is like, they, they're embracing who they are. And that's important.
0: This is a good note to end the episode on. Um And hopefully just kind of makes, I mean, me personally reflect more on like, okay how else can I kind of contribute to this how can I how does that look how does that speak to my strengths you know like I I'm not an author I'm not a writer um, but I think in the end a lot of us have the same goal you know of giving us representation amplifying our voices the voices of the people around us um, and kind of just promoting more exchange and conversation about who we are that in the end hopefully has the result of us and, you know, our future generations and our community to also feel proud of who we are.
2: To anyone that's listening, right? To all the listeners and anyone out there, like not to be ashamed of who you are, right? And to speak up, you know, embrace yourself, embrace your culture. And like, if you have a vision, if you have a dream, definitely, and you want to see a change, like get out there and just do it. And You know and just move every single day take a step forward you know you don't have to know all the answers now but definitely go and live that dream and you know and live it your best that's what i want to end it with
1: (laughs) yes yes to all of our listeners the link for for you guys to go purchase her book will be linked down below in our episode notes like always and also her page will be there if you want to go purchase from her page or from amazon thank you christine for being with us today
0: don't forget to check out our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list also
1: follow us on instagram at centan voices podcast and on twitter at centan voices pod for
0: more updates and don't forget to come back next week to hear our newest episode